3: welcome to guys we fucked guys we guys we fucked i'm christina i'm corinne we're sorry about about last night night. the anti-slut shaming podcast (laughs) i never stop (laughs) hey fuckers welcome to another
4: episode of guys we fucked
3: guys we fucked it's the anti-slut shaming podcast i'm corinne i'm christina uh, thank you so much to today's sponsor, Talkspace. Uh, Talkspace is the online therapy company that makes it easy to connect with licensed therapists, handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. Using Talkspace, you can text, audio, and video message your therapist and talk about your life, what's keeping you up at night, or even your annoying coworker. Ugh. To sign up or learn more, go to Talkspace.com GWF. And to show your support for this podcast, use code GWF to get $30 off your first month. Talk. Space therapy for how we live today by not Uh, talking to anyone in real life. Oh man. I just
4: learned I'm Jewish and it's the best thing ever. You're so excited.
3: I'm so excited. So you're Jewish. Your best friend's Jewish. Everyone's Jewish, man. Everyone is We's Jewish. We're all Jews. That's So your kid is going to technically be Jewish then. I guess. I didn't realize. This yeah, is a dumb a mom.
4: This is uh, Christina exposing how stupid she is yet again. Didn't know Jew, Jewish
3: was a race... I've been trying to tell people that for years. I thought it was That's just, why you can be part Jewish. I am part Jewish. Right. Because it's a religion and an ethnicity. Right. It's both. And
4: I know. And I always was confused by that. But then, you know, like people, sometimes people, you could tell if they're Jewish,
3: mm-hmm. that whole thing. And there are... And Jew- I'm like, oh, I guess it is a race. And there are diseases that are only... That only Jews get. Oh, no! And I better that brace only myself. Yeah, I mean, like, I mean, mm. lactose intolerance is not a disease, but it's oh, it's something that, that sure is very common like amongst it. Jews. It's yeah. not like there's a, it's not like there's something that's very like uh you know uh prevalent with Catholics or something. Yeah. I mean, besides guilt. Uh-huh. Well, I should preface too.
4: Um, I, I got a, a genealogy test thing out that's how i know i'm jewish because i'm 48% jewish and then a bunch of percentages of all this other shit
3: but it's very exciting mm-hmm. you know
4: i you know i didn't get any i 0.1% north african
3: that I'm was the so other exciting thing about specifically what Me north too. african is Me too well, <laughs> i thought it was just Af- african or south african yeah israel's not in africa i thought it was no it's in asia oh Damn it. See, <laughs> I don't
4: know anything you guys. Um, okay. Well that's, that's neither here nor there, but I am 48% <laughs> Jewish. So it's very exciting. Um, you guys, we've get a lot of people being like, I didn't know you were in Portland. I didn't know you were in, or you're, or they're like, they're like, come to Los Angeles. And I'm like, well, we did and we are okay. You got to follow us on social media if you Mm want to be up to date with all of our shows. That's Um, the easiest way you
3: can listen to the episodes out of order. You can listen to them late. Never feel bad about that. I mean, you know, within reason. You should feel (laughs) horrible about that. But yeah, uh, the best places are this official Sorry About Last Night Twitter. That's S-R-Y About Last NYT. And then on Instagram, it's all spelled out Sorry About Last Night. Also, you can always check Sorry About Last Night comedy.com. We're pretty good about putting tour dates up there as soon as we announce them. So that's it if you, yeah. if you check all those things just put a follow on you're definitely gonna see us we're pretty we're pretty pretty obnoxious about promoting yeah. our shit on uh, social media we're so don't be on worry. social media
4: don't you worry we will tell you speaking of telling you come see us live you guys
3: yeah absolutely uh nacho bitches is actually already sold out before i even made the poster so that's a world record very <gasps> excited you. about that um but you read yours first oh name yeah friday
4: february 18th is um the day before my birthday and it's also the day at 7 30 p.m where wendy starling and I ho-host, co-host, ho-host? Oh. That was a Freudian slip. You're the ho-host. I'm a ho-host. We gonna ho-host Glamapus. It was my birthday edition. I'm really excited. I love my birthday. It's fun. It's a fun time. Last year's show was so fun. Oh my god, so fun. And this year, we got a stacked ass lineup, y'all. We got Corinne Fisher. We got Jimmy Fallon. We got Ryan Reesh. We got Jessica Kirsten. We got so many more peoples. So come out to my newly Jewish show because I am newly Jewish, and even though I knew it all along i was like you were always i was always jewish (laughs) but now i could i feel like i can
3: exclaim it on the mountaintops (laughs) so that's me doing that uh and then on wednesday february 22nd at 8 p.m uh come check out the comedian project at the standing room in long island city uh tickets to that are five dollars when you use the code sex
4: and for our tour shows the guys we fucked experience tour boston massachusetts we're gonna be in you Thursday, April 13th at the Wilbur Theater.
3: Uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts, Friday, April 14th at the Hukilau. Washington, D.C., Saturday, April 15th at the 930 Club. Austin, Texas, April 20th through the 22nd for the Moon Tower Comedy Festival. Houston, Texas, Sunday, April 23rd. We're going to be at Warehouse Live. And this is a new one, Las Vegas, Nevada. Thursday, May 18th through Saturday, May 20th. We're going to be at the Crapshoot Comedy Festival. And just a heads up, that is not the experience. That's just Christine Ian and I doing do stand, stand up. up gonna be so fun so excited uh and also I forgot if you're in Boston this weekend I'll post on social media but I'm gonna do a bunch of bar shows and they're all five dollars or less so come out to that
4: Boston, well, pack the can and have it yet yeah, and then go see Karin do stand up eh <laughs> that was pretty good dad sorry. <laughs>
3: Um, I can't do really any accents except for british. That's it. (laughs) Hello. Oh my god
4: Um, we're also we have had the honor of being nominated for a shorty award. Yes, um, which is really exciting So, um, but if you want to win the shorty award, you gotta get people to vote for you You can actually vote every day once a day You don't have to just do it once and then quit. You know what i'm saying? So you can like keep at it and shit the link to vote for us uh, for best podcast of the Shorty Awards is in the description of this week's episode. So you should vote for us if you if you want. I yeah. mean,
3: you don't know, you know vote, vote for who you want, but like us, maybe we're going up against some uh, pretty big podcasts. I know. So it's exciting. It's an honor, seriously. And you know, you know, if we win, it'll be pretty good.
4: We're in great company, but our egos cannot handle losing. Yeah, <laughs> so true. <laughs> um, guys, this episode is also sponsored in part by Blue Apron. Blue Apron is amazing service where you cook rad ass meals with your family. You spend time and you enjoy a delicious dinner that you didn't even know you were capable of cooking. But with Blue Apron, they make it possible. Blue Apron has a positive impact on the community. Their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Wow, that's a lot of... That's a lot of good. Uh, the beef is raised humanely. Chickens are free range. Pork is raised naturally. They don't treat their animals like shit. Um, Blue Apron can be delivered to 99% of the continental US and 99.5% of food deserts. Because Blue Apron ships the exact amount of it, each ingredient required for the recipe, they're reducing food waste. Thanks, Blue Apron. January meals include spicy shrimp and Korean rice cakes with cabbage and fura cake. It looks like it's pronounced cocky but it's fear cake. They've noted that probably just for me because I've been saying for cocky and pork chops and garlic piccata with scallion rice and spinach. You don't think you could cook this shit, but honestly, like their instruction card has pitches and it makes it real easy. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free with free shipping. If you go to blueapron.com slash GWF, you'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash GWF. Blue Apron, a better way to cook.
3: And thanks to our <laughs> third and final sponsor. <laughs> a butter. Butter. Me undies, fancy dinners and chocolates last night. <gasps> oh, Flowers last week tops. So this Valentine's Day, oh. you have a gift that you and your significant other can unwrap again and again. My dick. Matching underwear from oh, MeUndies. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's as cute as it sounds. Uh, choose from tons of great prints like Flamingo, Midnight Camo, or even Heavy Petal, an edgy rose pattern that is a limited edition for Valentine's Stop Day. Stop it. Plus, MeUndies are made exclusively out of modal, a fabric with a touch three times softer than cotton, so they are unbelievably comfortable. This is true. We love MeUndies. They are very comfortable. They're, they're very breathable. They're on my ass right now. They fit well. The elastic seems to stay in touch even when, you know, you're putting it in the dryer, which is a problem with elastic. So just thumbs up all around. Uh, But if for some reason you and me undies aren't a perfect match, they'll give you your money back and let you keep the first pair. There's no refund on a bad, fancy dinner but there is on these underwear. <gasps> That's a
5: good point, actually.
3: Even if they're dirty. And for a limited time, our listeners get 20% <laughs> off their first order plus free shipping. But you have to go to meundies.com slash GWF. We might've lost Christina during this ad. Sorry. With the Me Undies Better Day Guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So don't waste any time. Go to meundies.com slash GWF right now for 20% off your first order. That's meundies.com slash GWF. W. Also,
4: uh, while we were on tour, I did get the flu and I apologize to all the people I got sick because I definitely <laughs> did. I mean, and I said, I was like, you know, I don't if you don't want to come near me, I get it when I'm sick. I don't like being treated like a disease.
3: But I was at, you know, I had to perform, so I did. But then everyone hugged me, and and I, that was very sweet. I told you no one was not not going to hug you because even if they get sick, they're going to be like, do you know who I caught this flu from? <laughs> Christina Hutchinson from well, Guys We Fucked.
4: If there can be a silver lining about any flu getting, then I hope I can. You know, that's that's very kind of you. Absolutely. Um, um, and, and just and speaking the, of shows, you know,
3: just speaking of the shows, guys, we had a great time. We really appreciate you coming out. Uh, but something that we noticed uh, on in, during our travels. Was that a lot of people um, were coming to the shows real fucked up. Hammered. Just real... Didn't matter if it was Monday. Didn't matter if it was Tuesday. (laughs) Didn't matter if it was 5 p.m. Wednesday, 5 o'clock. I mean, just... And to the point where it, it was beyond fun or silly, and like we thought that we truly needed to say something. I mean, when you're in the green room and they're holding the doors because people are vomiting in the bathroom, that's not cool, you guys. It's no, not you're, cool.
4: No, you're. I'm sorry. Yeah. And this. And I. And I know we've read emails on this podcast about drink shaming. Right. There. There is a fucking limit. Okay. And I think everyone is responsible for knowing their own limit with substances, whether it be alcohol or marijuana or. Or Molly, or whatever the fuck substances you're putting in your body. Number 1, educate yourself on the effects of those substances and how to take them responsibly. Number 2, know your limit because it is not cool or cute or funny when someone is stumbling all over themselves. I'm sorry. Right. It's sloppy and it's I, I yes, drink. If you want to drink, drink. But please don't when you come to a comedy show, tanked out of your fucking mind it's it's not a good look
3: you don't you're not going to enjoy it and you're ruining you're actively ruining the show for those people around you and you know it's like I know you're going to like your guys are hypocrites yeah I, I especially have told many stories about myself getting blackout drunk totally that being said when I'm blackout drunk I don't act like a fucking idiot well,
4: and also, too, like I I there was a year that I had at Penn State, my first ever year of college, the only year I had at Penn State was a real learning experience for me about because I never really drank that much beforehand. Yeah. And this I was like, oh, my God, I could drink it like sure. no one's going to tell me not to. This is nuts. I got tanked. Yeah. my fir- the first half of that year. And I was throwing up, a- I didn't know what my limits were. Right. And I was walking around like a sloppy fucking mess. And I realized like, okay, this is not, I don't want this. What can I do? How can I, how can I drink and have a good time with my friends and be responsible towards my body and those around me? And, and I just really want to encourage everybody to, to just really, truly drink responsible, responsibly.
3: Yeah. There's a time, there's a time and a place and do to do drugs drink. responsibly uh, and, and to do drugs and yeah. not against any of those things. Um, but for me, certainly, I mean, I, I definitely drink a lot less than I, I used to. And, and that's, I mean, that happens, too, as people get older. Yeah. And also I haven't, you know, it's like and I also just so everyone knows I, not because I have a problem just because I was like, oh, let me see if I could do it for kicks. I did the whole tour completely sober. Was it less fun? Absolutely. But did I feel a lot better? And did I like lose weight instead of gaining weight on tour? Absolutely. So just keep those things in mind. And I also I mean, like just like for something when you're on the road for a long time, can't be drinking every night. And then also just have your body be in good enough shape to do the job you need to do. Like comedy is all fun and games, but it's our fucking job. Yeah, so we need and to we take, take it seriously. So when you guys were interrupting the show and you know yelling out and coming on stage and acting like an idiot, it wasn't funny. We're the comedians; we can take care of the funny. It was just obnoxious and it made you look bad. And you're also putting yourself in danger. You're putting yourself in danger. Because uh, we're surrounded by creeps, you're putting yourself in danger if you're getting behind the wheel of a car. You're oh god, especially and other people's lives. Yeah, you're just innocent people. It's it's dangerous, and this doesn't mean that you know if you're drunk, you deserve to get sexually assaulted. Obviously not. No. But this is it's it's a it's dangerous to get so drunk or so fucked up on drugs that you can't. You don't even know where you You are. You don't know where you are. You can't take care of yourself. This is part of it. And a lot of of times
4: I would think, you know, if you're going to do substances, be around people you trust and love. And then a lot of times, like we've we've done shows before. I forget which city it was in, but someone, they were laughing about drinking and driving. Like it was hilarious.
3: I'm like, we were in Ohio. Drinking and
4: driving is not
3: fucking funny. It's not funny. Are you kidding me? It's not cute. I know
4: many people have lost lives of their loved ones because of a drunk driver. It's disgusting. It's It's awful. Yeah, you deserve to have your license be taken away. Yeah, and and I, you're not a you're, you're just please be responsible with alcohol, please. Yeah, please, and if you think you please. truly have a
3: problem, or if you think that life isn't as good if you're not drunk or on drugs, that's not a normal way to feel. And I really, really encourage you you to get help yeah well I, I did
4: a lot of the shows uh, this past because i don't i don't, my body's just not capable of getting drunk anyway but like i i'll have i'll have drinks all of our tour shows i have drinks i have a couple yeah. of drinks and then i was so sick that i was like all right i guess not but it, uh, to me it was not any less fun at all
3: well i do it because like
4: sometimes i can't tolerate people <laughs> you know yeah i know <laughs> it's two different two different issues yeah <laughs> um, but yeah but just be be responsible and really think about your drug and alcohol intake and and be responsible with it and and enjoy yourself and enjoy substances, but but also in a way that everyone around you can have fun, you can have fun and you're not ruining anyone's good right, time. Right, because what's
3: more empowering than you knowing when to stop? That's so much more empowering yeah. than someone else telling you when to stop. Oh, that's a good point. It's great.
4: It's great. In, you're so full of gems. <laughs> All right, let's read some emails. If you want to email us, you can email write to us at sorryaboutlastnightshow at gmail.com. Uh, this email subject is my girlfriend killed my sex drive Dear karen and christina. I love your show show so much It's really opened my eyes on what I want in a relationship and how people should be people and not hide their sexuality and bullshit Keep up the good work super excited to be going on one of your uh, to one of your shows in a few months. Yay Anyway, so my dilemma my girlfriend and I have been dating for a year now sort of a long distance, about an hour apart from each other. And in the beginning, the sex was amazing. I am a very kink filled person where I loved using toys and accessories and being a dom. And she was an open minded person who was down for whatever and experiencing mostly anything. But that hasn't been the case lately. We both are recent graduates from our universities and everything has gone great for her post-grad. An amazing new job, brand new apartment, very career driven, etc. Where, uh, whereas I am not that in that case. I'm a 23-year-old post-grad who at times severely deals with depression and anxiety. Living with my parents to save money and unable to catch a career break even though I've been three to four years, I have three to four years of experience in my, per, uh, my perspective field. The MoMA just won't hire you if you're 23, sadly. So basically, my girlfriend is leagues in front of me career-wise, and because she's seen my anxiety freakouts from time to time, not directed at her, just in the fact that I feel like I have no control over my life, even though I feel I'm doing all the right things, she almost talks down to me like I am a child. We are both the same age, but she acts like she's the older one in the relationship. Her last relationships have been with people who are five to 10 years older than her and typically have a a hedge fund. I do not, but I try to give her everything I can, even if it makes me go broke. She still talks down to me. It's both, it's been really humiliating because I feel like she's using my depression and unfortunate circumstances against me and it really fucks with me. In the beginning of the relationship, the only thing I felt I had control over, over my life was sex being the dom, being the one in charge and having control. But because she's now so driven with her career, which is not a bad thing, she doesn't want to have sex, which is fine. I'm not one to push sex on anybody who's unwilling. But when we do have sex, I'm not allowed to be the dom. We do just missionary once and that's it. No toys, no experimenting, just missionary. And what makes it worse is that since she's been berating me like she's my mother and she knows best, I feel emasculated and I'm unwanted. When I finally get to have sex, I can't last as long as I used to. I can't make her come anymore because I'm so self-conscious about my life and I've let her get into my already anxious head. I feel powerless. I'm tired of being berated every second like I'm a child when I know I'm not a child. I'm a fucking adult who just thinks differently than her. And I've gone over and over again in my head about what I could do. I've talked to her and she's just, she she's just let my ideas slide as unimportant. When my depression gets bad, I try to break up for our mutual benefit so she doesn't have to deal with an unsuccessful loser like me, he in quotes, which she's made me feel. And I can learn to be my old self again. And she's always denied my reason for wanting to break up. She doesn't take me seriously and pulls me back in. I love her very much and I want things to go back to how they used to be. But if she won't personally try to change some things around and she, uh, she won't let me go, what do I do? I want to be a sexual person again and I want to love her. But apparently these two things don't go hand in hand. Sincerely, a depressed and sexless fucker. Um, I, I have a few thoughts on this email. Um, but one of the things upon reading it a second time is just maybe you do need a fresh start with another person because it seems like this is gone. Not you. you might not be in too deep, but this is a, this sounds like a problem. Like her talking down to you. I, I've, I almost wish I had your phone number to call you. I should run me back, but I'm wondering if um you do that thing where some people do, you might not, but where you internalize your lack of success and her, Uh, having success so much that you act a certain way towards her because with sex, no one wants to have sex with, uh, when they're feeling down and depressed and mopey. I know I don't. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't want to, if my partner was feeling that way, that would make me, that would turn me off. Yeah. Personally. Me too. And it's okay that you're feeling that way though, that you're feeling down and depressed. Her talking down to you is not cool. And, and you said you've talked to her about that, but if that's not something she changes,
3: that's, that's an emotionally that's a abusive huge, relationship yeah, in my opinion. That's not
4: fair to you because you're, you're young. You're, you have all, you have the career experience. You're go, you know what your goals are. I almost think for you, it's better for you to maybe not be in the relationship and really put your foot down. Don't let her rope you back in because that doesn't have to have, have to happen. If you put your foot down, yeah. you need to go back to just doing you. And focusing your your efforts on getting the career you want and doing extracurricular activities that are related to the career field you want. That's what's going to make you happy and put you around people who are in a similar position where they know what their goals are. They're defined. You know, they're just working towards them. Because a lot of people, when they graduate, they don't get jobs. Good God. For many years yeah. after they graduate, it's really tough. and. And I, and I think the last thing that's going to help you is is talking down to you like that. That's horrible. I would never want to have sex with a person who talked down to me like that. And no wonder you can't get it up or if you lose your heart on halfway through. I would too. I, I, I don't have a dick. But I, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Is what it, I'm saying. It
3: seems like she's lost respect for you. Yeah. Uh, and I know because I've been there. And definitely one thing when I lose respect for a partner, I do... Like, you know, I've definitely talked down to people and it's not good. It's a talk. It's a toxic situation. Um, And so and then what happens is she feels like because of the behavior you've exhibited and because you always stay with her, even when you try to break up. Now she she knows that she has you wrapped around her finger and can just kind of take or leave you as she pleases. And that's no way to be in a relationship. It doesn't feel good. It's not going to make you feel good. And yeah, I got to agree with Christine. Like this is, it just seems like it's- You're 23. It's, You're so young. And when I was too 20, far gone. When I was 23, 23 is the age that I
4: realized I wanted to be a stand-up comedian. And then I had so much work ahead of me of being broke, of not affording- barely being able to afford a ride on the subway for $2 and mm-hmm. 50 cents or however the fuck much it is right now that, but I knew that those days were not over until many, many years of of doing the work and working my ass off. You're 23. You already have this amazing experience and a career. You have the, an idea of what career you want. You, I read this email and I look at you and I see so much potential and I don't think you should be with a person right now. I think you should just fo- yeah, focus on yourself, man.
3: And that's going to help you get less depressed. And if you find that that's not helpful. Helping you get less depressed. You might be, you know, more clinically depressed. Yeah. And then there's medicine and there's doctors and there's yoga. And there's chocolate cake. So Yeah,
4: but I really do think that this relationship is not going to get any better.
3: Once it goes down no. that toxic road, it's hard to go back. It's over. And you're 23. You don't need to put up with it. Just, just end yeah. it. My, my advice, you, I boy. feel like so many times is just end it. But I honestly, I stand behind that advice. <laughs> uh, it's not worth it. Um. Okay. Oh, is this email on here? is it not oh yes it is okay. um my, this next uh, email is called my birth control is 162 dollars the fuck <laughs> hi ladies i've been listening to your podcast for quite some time now and i absolutely love it i am very open about my sexuality and my own personal experiences with sexual abuse and rape it's refreshing to be able to listen to a podcast where so many different issues are addressed and discussed i appreciate everything that you do to create awareness and promote open dialogue thank you uh, I'm a 21-year-old female and currently use the NuvaRing as my birth control method of choice, along with the use of other contraceptives, such as condoms. I have tried many different pills over the years, all of which made me very sick and or I would forget to take them. That's a, yeah, you would got to remember. Uh, <laughs> the NuvaRing is perfect for me. And not only does it help protect me from pregnancy, but it is comfortable and I can't forget to take it, seeing as it stays in my vagina at all times. It has also helped lighten and regulate my incredibly heavy, painful, and regular period. I recently found out that my insurance policy has changed and no longer covers any of my prescriptions. My birth control, which was once completely covered by my insurance, is now going to cost me $162. I don't even want to know how much my antidepressants and anxiety Mm. medications are going to cost me. I have been told by others to find another form of birth control uh, control, or just suck it up and pay the $162. The thing is, I shouldn't have to. I shouldn't have to switch birth control once I finally found something that works with my body or pay $162 for said birth control. After a bit of research, I found that Planned Parenthood offers the NuvaRing for half of that price, if not less. I am sending this email as a personal testimony as to why Planned Parenthood is such an important organization. It offers so much more than just abortion services duh Uh, but affordable and easily accessible birth control as well as STD, STI testing, cancer screenings and so much more thank you again for everything you do and for giving people like me a a voice much love Amanda I guess I'm just gonna say it Um, yeah I thought this was important to read because I think I certainly have gone through it I know Christina's gone through it and most Mine of my one hundred twenty
4: bucks with insurance. Lolo fee.
3: I have insurance. 120 yeah, twenty bucks. Most of my my female friends have gone through a <clears throat> point in their time when they were like, I don't know what to do. I literally cannot afford my birth control anymore. And so Planned Parenthood, a great option. I also do want to give a shout out to Target. I'm a little less sensitive, so I can sw- switch birth controls just from pill to pill, as long as it's something with like an, a low a low estrogen uh, in it. And so uh, I switched to something because I just did my research when I found out when I was broke. And I found out my birth control was going to cost me $80 a month. I didn't have it. I couldn't do it, but I was not going to get off birth control. So I went online and I found out that target has a great program where they offer a couple of different types of medications that are very commonly needed. One of them being the birth control pill for $8 a month. Doesn't matter. You don't need a car. You don't need anything. It's just $8. No fucking questions asked. And Mm -hmm. I did that. And my other, a couple of my other friends did that and it was great. Um, So there are ways. Sometimes you just have to get around the laws. You got to get around your insurance and you got to find something that works for you. Yeah,
4: Planned Parenthood is a great organization and it should never be defunded because especially if you are somebody who is uh, anti-choice, Someone pointed out that I should be saying anti-choice instead of pro-life, and I I absolutely agree. It was a dude who did it, and I was like, good, thank you, sir. Anti-choice. You're, you're absolutely right. Thank sure. you for pointing that out. Anti-choice. For those of you who are anti-choice, Planned Parenthood also uh, provides so many prenatal care services. Mm-hmm. They will be your doctor throughout. If you need an exam while you're pregnant and you want, you want to get an idea of what kind of vitamins you should be taking while you're pregnant. Cause you're going to have your baby because mm-hmm. that's your choice that you made. Right. Um, they are very pro sustaining the life's, of People sure, of and, babies. I, and I
3: think it's um, I think be, living in a major city, we are a little bit spoiled. Major cities, we do have more access to things like Planned Parenthood. Uh, it, it I always say New York City is uh, the best and worst place to be poor because you know it yeah. sucks and you can't have any fun, but there are really great things if you don't have enough money to eat, if you don't have enough money uh, to live somewhere, if you don't have enough money to get your birth control, resources. really great resources, yeah. Um, and so you know, this is a time when I think everyone's like, What can I do to help? What can I do? Well, I, I'll tell you what not to do don't write a, a facebook uh post a good thing to do Oh, why though. would you do that <laughs> a good That's thing to dumb. do would be to um Perhaps organize a bus trip For a bunch of young females In your area Who all need to go To Planned Parenthood Because you don't live In a major city And you go to that Major city together Fucking get a carpool going These are good things That you can do Just let people know That you do have the access And unfortunately Sometimes you gotta put A little extra work into it But it's fucking there And keep going And supporting it And if you have money Give money to Planned Parenthood Yes please And uh Yeah Just fucking don't 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 just like say Okay this is a law And now I can't get What I want You can't Can fucking get what you want. Fucking import it from Canada. Go on the internet. Anything is possible. It is true. Anything is possible. Yeah. You these. This shit is available. You just got to do a little digging.
5: This show is sponsored by Better Help. Getting stuff off your chest is incredible. It's so therapeutic. We all carry around different stressors. Some of them are big. Some of them are small. A lot of them are very big, Uh, but we keep them bottled up and it could start affecting us negatively. And then we act like a jerk to the people we love. And we're like, this is not how I want to be. Therapy has saved my life personally. There are so many benefits of it. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. Although if you have experienced major trauma, highly recommend. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designated to be convenient flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you could switch at any time. Finding a therapist is like dating. They're not all going to work out in the first try. BetterHelp understands that. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash guys to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash guys. Guys, the weather's getting warmer. It's time to say goodbye to your jackets and all your sweaters and you got to refresh your wardrobe. Well, luckily... I found Quince, and now you have too because you're listening to this. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you go to their website, the amount of categories – they have travel, lookbooks, men, women, home, babies, and kids – Their stuff is so cute. So I own a couple items from Quince, and one of them is the Italian leather hand-woven crossbody purse in green, emerald. And I get compliments on it all the time. It's a small purse, which I really love because then I don't put as many things in it. Um, Guys, Quince is amazing. They have very luxury items for very cheap prices. Get warm weather ready, baby, with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash GWF. For free shipping on your order and 365 day returns, that's quince. dot com slash gwf to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash gwf.
6: I'm Katia Adler, host of the Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
4: Support and love each other, you guys And do your research Love you. Speaking of love, this episode of Guys We Fucked Is very near and dear to my heart Um, yeah Please, ladies and gentlemen Give a very warm welcome to My mom
1: I've lived on the corner Of Second and Colleen For many years I've been here seen a lot of things,
2: young lovers cross thresholds and make
1: a happy home, but where's a key that opens me the story still untold, come I wish love up. would come to me and open, open up, up this door. coming again and I can't take it I'm gonna
2: start. I started. Hi, mom. Hi. I'm so excited to have you on. I am too. I hope I can give some good info.
4: You you will. Well, let's. Um, I wanted to start off by listing all of the. You have. You're a health anomaly. Yes. And uh, I've never met anybody who has as many health problems as you. And uh, so what are all the things you have?
3: okay list them for everybody okay in order Uh, of when you got them yeah
2: okay okay because in in 19 in 1980 i had gotten bell's palsy but then they weren't sure if it was bell's palsy or stroke when you had dj when i gave birth to your brother yeah and but before that you got hit by the truck right Yes. That messed me up a little bit. I think that... <laughs> 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 yes, I was I was in St. Augustine, Florida, uh-huh. and I have been partying that night, and we went like five o'clock in the morning to the beach and fell asleep like everybody else, but you can drive on the beach there. Yeah. And, I and was you sleeping were 18, up, right? Yeah, I was okay. 18, and um, I got a rude awakening. I woke up... <laughs> <laughs> I woke up really uh it, it was like a truck hit me because a truck, truck didn't hit, hit you. <laughs> it, it was so hard and I don't remember everything clearly because I obviously had a concussion because yeah. I felt real sick to my stomach. And um the car backed up and I was still trying to Figure out what happened. Yeah, and it backed up, and then it turned and ran over my arm. <laughs> and you had tire marks on your arm. And then you Purple. met you met Dad the
4: next day. Yes, and he said, didn't he say? He said, "You look like he got hit
2: by a truck." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "I did." Yeah, that is a cra- he, crazy. He should have run right then. No, that because <laughs> he was stationed
4: there. But it turns out, and this is another crazy thing. He's nine years older than you, mm-hmm. but you found out through talking this trip when you were there in Florida that your mom was his priest Sunday school teacher. Yes.
3: That's so crazy. They, yeah. they both grew up in Jersey. I, I had met your adopted mom.
4: Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. Yes.
3: Because I was like, wow, then you- <laughs> Yeah, that is <laughs> yeah. crazy. <laughs> okay. No. But um,
2: we had met at a game room we're and adopted. we got talking because the people who owned it. Lived in New Jersey, it, they they knew he was from Jersey and I was from Jersey, so we got talking, oh. and it was like, you know them, or you that's know, that's
4: crazy. Yeah, it was pretty. Oh wow, yeah. And then like you moved in with him pretty soon after.
2: Yeah, I I went home like a couple weeks later, and I said, Mom, I, I want to go back, and I drove my dog in my car. And oh, I went back, and you told you always told me. That when you and Dad
4: first lived together, you he slept on the couch and you slept in the bed. Yes, that is really
2: though not for a whole long time, (laughs) but we did. (laughs) Because I knew when I was little, I'm like, yeah, right. Yeah, I used to, I used to, I used to to lay on the bed and make uh, shadows with my hands in his room. Yeah, and he'd be in the living room trying to guess what they were. So sweet. Did you have a discussion about why you were going to sleep separately or you just wanted to or? I just said I wasn't ready for that. Oh. I I had enough of it for a while. Yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. I love that story. And so the, so you had, when you had DJ, you had Bell's, you had a stroke while you had DJ? Yeah. About less than 24 hours. And then the Bell's palsy, it, it was half your face got paralyzed, right? Right. Right. Okay. And then... What else we got? Let's go down the list.
2: <laughs> okay. And then um, I was very athletic because, you know, I'm yeah. playing softball and stuff. And um, I started, well, really before that, when I was a kid, I had ADD mm-hmm. and um, I had issues like that. But after, uh, I'm trying to think, I had gotten a dystonia depression i've had most of my life mm-hmm. depression what what's dystonia dystonia is a neurologic condition that affects i have vocal cord dystonia and cervical dystonia so it it affects the muscles and the twitching in my oh, neck okay. and, and it's also voice. shaky voice okay yeah. yeah yeah and you see the vein like the muscle in her
4: neck here there it's like pulling down uh-huh that's part of it
2: huh yes and um and i have a, a central tremor and i have partial ep- epilepsy mm-hmm. and uh i i know i probably left something out Well, you aside. got a lot of arthritis crap in your because yeah. you've had surgery on both your hands and both your feet three surgeries to on my hands i've had two surgeries on my feet i've had a, a <laughs> neck surgery to i had a serious in ninety. he had a um cervical laminectomy because it was pressure on my spinal cord. So they had to do that. And that Um, was a surgery. I
4: remember you, I think you said like, you looked at that and you're like, I hope I see you after this. Like that uh, was a risky surgery,
1: right? Yeah.
2: And that was my first surgery ever. that's right. That was your first They took us up in the elevator. He went one way and I went the other and I just... Like yeah. now, it's just like okay, give it, give it to me. Yeah, again. you and surgery, you're like,
4: all right, fine. Well, I'll do it today yeah. if you want. Like you're so not afraid because when I, when you came with me to get my uh, uh, microscopic surgery, I was. Yeah. Freaking the fuck out, you. I know.
2: She she was. Now I know Uncons- what you. It makes She sense. was unconsolable Yeah. <laughs> and the whole the whole had, thing. Everyone was oh, like, "Oh my god, what are you getting operated and, on?" And, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. And, and everybody in the waiting room. Half the people were getting surgery, and I'm like, she's staring <laughs> the hell out of these people. <laughs> <laughs>
4: they didn't give me anti anxiety stuff. I think.
2: Oh my Oh god. yeah. <laughs> But you've had how many surgeries have you had? Let's see: A cervical eminectomy, hysterectomy, three feet, t- three hands, two feet, um, an ovary, and they wanted to take my intestines out. That's the other oh yeah, thing but I they want yeah yeah. I have what's called colonic inertia, but it's all for the central nervous system. Right, right, right. So it's all related. And good, we got good news about the dementia.
4: Oh yes, is. There, she has an arachnoid cyst in the back of her skull, the base of her skull. And this is one thing I want to talk about too, like doctors being like, no, 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 you don't know. I know. Which, okay, great. You got a medical degree. That's great. But I remember my mom has always brought up her arachnoid cyst as a possible cause for all these neurological things. And they always said no, right? Johns Hopkins said
2: no. Well, they were, yes. They said no, but they were very, I'm not going to tell you it isn't causing problems, but they were... They wouldn't. They, they just would. didn't want to go near it.
3: What's an arachnoid cyst? Is it spider related?
4: I know you would think, <laughs> but it is. I, like, I have no idea. What but that there means. is. They weren't sure if she was born with it or right. what. And then she was telling me she was looking over her X-rays from the '90s, and she noticed it wasn't there. So I'm like, okay,
3: obviously that's not. like a great album title. Looking over my X-rays from the '90s, <laughs> sitting by the window. And other hits, yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> um, but the doctor she has now is saying that she th- she think they think that that's what's causing the dementia is a side effect of the arachnoid cyst getting bigger and putting pressure on her. Can it be removed? Because it's right going the drain stem. Right. They're going to drain it first, huh. which will only last up to three months maybe. Wow. But then removal of it is very risky, but that can stop the continuation of the dementia, like stop the dementia from well, progressing. Well,
2: more brain. Yeah, yeah. Because your brain right. is atrophying. atrophying yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's cool. And they're, they're saying that that might help the... The tremors, because movement is back there. Yeah. Your control of movement and a lot of things in your brainstem.
4: Right. And you've had, your depression was worse when we lived in Virginia, right?
2: Yes. But was it, because you were put on every medication under the sun. I had, I was taking so many medications. And back then I was not uh, knowledgeable with this doctor stuff. It was all really just beginning and whatever they told me to take, I took. And I had pink, yellow, green, orange. I had every color of the rainbow that I took every Pill. day. Yeah. And I would go to the doctors and say, yeah, I would either feel nothing better or get way worse. Yeah. One of the medications for the only time in my life I ever was psychotic, but it made me psychotic. Oh, in Virginia? Where was I? How old was I? Yeah. I don't remember a lot of that stuff. No, because you were only about four. Oh, okay.
3: What is, yeah. And what is, when you me say psychotic, like what is that? Because we I mean, use it as such like a colloquial term, but like what does it mean really scientifically? Well, the, the,
2: the main thing I remember is I was talking and he was talking My to daddy. me. daddy. Yeah. And um, as he was talking to me, I wasn't really here. And I saw this big circle in front of me. I was in a casket. And there was, it was like you look in a kaleidoscope. Oh, shit. There was a whole bunch of me. Oh, I wow. was in a pink shirt. I remember as clear as could oh. be. And I'm going like this, going. I you said, were actually in a pink shirt. Or you were envisioning yourself. No, in a pink shirt. I I remember wearing a pink shirt in oh. a casket. You saw oh. yourself
3: in a casket in a pink oh. shirt. Yeah.
2: Ooh. Ooh that wow. Ain't, that ain't good. No. And we had called the doctor. He didn't call. Seven days went by. He did fucking kidding me? No. Daddy Seven called. Seven days. And said my wife is really. my wife's a loon right now (laughs) and and he called well then i had an appointment seven days later and we were hot and we went in there and we said look this stuff is because we didn't know what to do did you go off
4: the medication or no because you didn't know that was causing it no shit so it was seven days of psychosis
2: well in and out of it it wasn't like a constant but i don't remember that at all Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. Yeah, so when we went in there, we sat down with him, and he was like, why didn't you call? We went, well, if it was that bad, you should have gone in the emergency room. Yeah, you have a history of
4: doctors just talking down to
2: you and not being very... Nice. Well, unfortunately, I think most of us has, have to go through that. Yeah. If, if that's the case, I learn later on in life, go somewhere else. Exactly. Don't, yeah. don't, you don't need to
4: put up with that.
2: Because I only I don't
4: remember you being away. I do remember times where dad would cook for us and it was not good.
0: <laughs> he made us, I remember
4: one night, I'll never forget it. He made us flounder because he always bought cheap shit. He always bought the, the generic cereal. I don't know why at the time I was like, dad, that's so embarrassing. Don't buy the generic. He's well, like,
3: what difference does it make? And it now is, is for a, some reason embarrassing. Yeah, I don't
2: know why,
4: but like, I don't, don't, I don't buy cereal
2: in a bag. Ew. <laughs> you know, I Why would, I cared, I don't know. But I would never buy that I stuff. Know, I but maybe, my <laughs> mind was somewhere else. So whatever he bought.
4: I remember he cooked us flounder and it was the most... I, it, I must have been five or six. <laughs> it was the most disgusting thing I've ever, I looked at DJ and we were both like, nope. A lot of kids don't like
3: flounder anyway. That's a little, yeah. that's a little. It, and it like, yeah, was shitty fish, flounder. Oh fish, yeah. Fish yeah.
2: sticks and a lot of. Um, oh, fish sticks I love. A lot
4: mm. of. Yeah. Steakums.
2: Steakums. Yeah. Steakums. Steak-um. <laughs> um,
4: now, one of the things that I think is so interesting and I learned it because, first of all, the title of this podcast I kept from you for a very long time. And you found <laughs> out
2: through DJ or no, How would you find out? No, it came on my facebook oh, that's right
3: because somebody liked it. it and i and we, said
2: and i blocked her oh my god
3: I, was say, I thought she found out from like a friend on facebook and i feel yeah. like i was like cringe came up with it it wasn't my idea she's <laughs> trying th- to get out of it i do take full blame for it <laughs> I, I
2: was sitting talking <laughs> to your brother one day when i first found out and i was just like why did she have to call it that yeah because i remember dj <laughs> called me and he goes mom knows about the time and I was like oh my god she does
4: what did she say uh, and he's she's like I just taught it's like a he, I said it's like a market it's like a, it
2: pulls you in mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then it's something more than that
3: there you go DJ right, gets it right. yeah DJ
4: right.
2: got it and he doesn't even listen he explained it to me he did I know I was red in the face and all yeah that, and I'm like and I that's why I didn't tell you
4: because I figured you would be but once the podcast, once we did like the TED talk and stuff I got so excited I wanted to include I wanted to tell you guys about it. So I just said it was the anti-slut shaming point. There you go. There you go. (laughs) But then I remember you asked me, what's slut shaming? And I kind of went into how people have written us who have been sexually assaulted or or made to feel bad about their sexuality or made to feel bad about wearing whatever or being called. It's such a double standard with women. And then you told me, and it was so fascinating about when you were a kid, you were assaulted. That, that, and I never knew that. And I don't know if you would have ever told me that. Had I had this.
2: No, I wouldn't
4: know. Yeah. And then, so what happened was you were babysitting for a couple? This happened
2: six, six seven, yeah, were, eight times. Oh, I didn't know that. different people. Oh, yeah. with what? different people. Whoa, 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 what? Holy shit. I felt like I had something written across my forehead or something. Right. And I think I a lot was, of people feel
3: like that. Yeah,
2: I, I. It's different people? I was I was 11 years old, 12 years old, but I was um, five foot 11 and a half. Right. At that, I looked older. You look like Cindy, no, uh, who did I say? She looks like a young Glenn close
3: to me.
4: That's what everybody used to tell me. Like rail thin, tall, tan, blue eyes, blonde Mm -hmm. hair, like stunning at 11.
3: That's that's not that can't be fun. Right. To look like 16, 17 when you're eleven. It was is really hard. A curse. When
2: I went into fifth grade, we had moved and we went to a new school and it was this rinky dink little school and I sat in the back of the class and nobody talked to me. I really and everybody kind of really wasn't nice. I, I went through a lot of bullying, oh. which now that's out in the open, but um and I just I would go home and just cry and cry. Yeah. They thought I was a sub a teacher. A student teacher and they made because f- I look so much older because yeah. we moved from one end of the state to the other, the one end of the state where I used to live, you dressed real nice and my mom used to make clothes and grandma and you went down to South and, and it was different and I stuck out anyway. You know, like a sore thumb. Jeez. And one time, um, this Raymond, his name was Raymond. I'll never forget him (laughs) if you're listening. (laughs) Fuck you, Raymond. I will murder you. I won't. I won't. That's illegal. That's a threat. I
1: didn't mean it. And
2: my teacher was was the, the principal. And he was out of the room, and I got because we used to because I was so tall. They'd have films on animals and stuff, and Africa uh-huh. and stuff. And so they called me, look. And when a giraffe came up, there's there's Nancy. Look. at, Well, oh. I heard it over and over. I picked the kid up by his arm oh, and I yeah, you swung shit. him around the room. <laughs> what? And I didn't know this. <laughs> Mr. Berg, my principal, walked in. Oh no! I had to sit. Um, you got in trouble. Yeah, I had to sit on the wooden bench out in the hallway. And my mother <laughs> did, had to come. <laughs> Did you tell him that he called you giraffe? Yeah, we got but it straightened out. No, oh, okay. we got it straightened out and realized it, what was going Jesus. on. Jesus! But I had people come up to me later at some point when they realized that was a student. And said, we thought you were a teacher. They were making fun of a teacher? Yeah, that's, they,
3: even, that's weirder. even weirder. Well, yeah. I,
2: I'm not sure if... It was before that. Oh, okay. I don't remember the Jeez. sequence of that. But
4: and
6: and then that wh- was in the, fifth
2: grade. With the
4: harassment stuff, what the hell? I didn't know it was that many separate times. I thought it was the dad you babysat for when you were a little. There was were... a
2: dad that had twin boys. And then I was only 10. Then oh. there was a very old man who owned a... Um,
4: oh, I remember this, I
2: think. Yeah, I had my horse. It was, it was a, was a trading post. Yeah. Because um,
4: she owned horses when she was little, sure. and okay. so I
2: had the horse, and I used to go on Sundays and help him with the antique shop because it would get busy, and mm-hmm. I would just. And then I was about eleven, I think twelve, and uh, yeah, and he was like a grandpa figure to me, Ugh. and I jumped on my horse, and I, I. Just what did he do? A, what did he? He had tried to touch my breasts. So I, oh. I, he came there and he goes, you're oh, really developing. Oh, gross. And oh, it scared boy. me to death. Oh, I want to kill him. So I got on my horse and went fast as hell toward yeah. home. And he started following me. And oh, I'm like, God. oh, my God, he's coming after me. And oh, he, sh- I had his keys to his aunt's oh. shop. Oh, yeah. He took the keys. <laughs> I Was just, he trying to get the keys? I just, I guess. Yeah, that's what he wanted. You know, did, did you just throw them at yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And that hurt. That hurt. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's when you realize, I mean, because I had boobs young. Uh, and, I never had them. And, and it and, didn't. I still had the problem. <laughs> well, you you looked you did like I saw pictures of her when she
4: was twelve. Like she looked like a supermodel. It was I jarring old pictures. Yeah, yeah, and and but so when you look older and when you're sexualized like that, you uh, I
2: oh I it was actually, so gross. The first time I was sexualized, I was seven. Ooh! it keeps jesus <laughs> well, i forgot Bad. about that one you kind of just try yeah it. sometimes he's like that's when i lived in the other part and i went to a friend's house Well, it was a friend of my mom's daughter's and a boy that was like 17 18 <gasps> yeah what did he do did he, he asked me to go in the room and sit on his lap and uh, oh good god yeah but you knew that that was no i really didn't i oh yeah. Because that's why a lot of people, we get that
4: e- email so often when they were kids, they were molested or assaulted when they were children. You don't know. And then you grow up and you look back and you're like, oh, wait a second, that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's that's why it, people shove it down because they don't want to. Yeah, I know. Because it's not your fault, but a lot of people feel guilty.
2: I didn't directly talk about it until I told you ever. That's and you never told dad or anything? Dad knows. Yeah. And didn't We've you have... talked over the years. Oh, down. okay. Didn't you have a, a boyfriend before
4: dad that was abusive? Very abusive. And what? Didn't he have a funny name? <laughs> oh, he did. I remember it. I don't know. Flip. Flip.
2: No, no. Ernie? Uh, no, no. <laughs> Ernie was my first kiss. Ernie Langbang. Oh. Ernie <laughs> Langbang. Ernie <laughs> Langbang. That's was, a great she name. Was, he, a great name. He was a nice guy, but oh, now okay. this guy was... No, it was abuse. I got thrown out of a car, going about. And you were in high school, fifty miles an hour in high school. I got, and he would get jealous if any boy it, talked even, to you, right? Even if they opened the door for me, and he said, "I can hold my own girlfriend's door." Thank you. And did you tell grandma, and grandpa this or Not for a long time? Yeah, because I kinda, guess they kind of figured it out. And he told me I, I when I went to break up with him that. <laughs> I, I was afraid he was going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people today have that situation where they, they have like a lawyer.
4: If they're married, especially, they'll have like a lawyer, a divorce lawyer, do a safety plan. Because when I used
2: to come home and visit with DJ, you were not here yet. And he would go past grandma's house. And oh, the abusive it, for, guy. Yeah. Oh. So for about eight years living in California and everything, I dreamt about him. I had this thing. He was going to come find me. Jesus. Oh, yeah talk about anxiety so when i met your dad he was dad's wonderful best. yeah yeah <laughs>
4: yeah i, I mean and he was in his navy
2: kinda... uniform uh, oh. any man looks hot <laughs> I, I think that's why i
4: don't i like a man i like a uniform but i like firefighters yeah but navy i just it just reminds me i just think of dad so i'm like all right that's right, not right. attractive but uh but yeah he i pictures back in the day he was a stud Yes. He looked yes, like John Stamos, was. like a young he John was Stamos. He very handsome. Um, and so that, when you finally, I didn't realize it happened that many times, but you told me that after I told you about, you asked me what's about slut shaming. And I told you about all the emails we get from people who have got various circumstances. Then you said, well, that happened to me. And then I'm like, that's why you reacted that way when I first told you I had sex which is so, That's so, why I was so overly protected. Right. of you. And yeah. I was 15, which I, looking back, is you were very young. You were 16. was 16. I was 15 when I met Greg, but I was 16. Right. right. Um, and uh, we were at a restaurant. It was me, you, DJ's uh, then girlfriend, <laughs> Ashley, and grandma, who was fresh <laughs> off a stroke, had the mentality of a five-year-old and would go up to people. We would take her to restaurants and she would go up to people on our way to the table and be like, "What you eating? And she would like pick at people's oh. plates. She would take her teeth out oh, and lick them. And it was just, okay, you know, it was-, it was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. But in times of duress, like, because I forget you were talking about one of your friend's, who had a kid and something and you? I remember you go. You wouldn't do something like that, would you? I forget exactly how it was worded. <laughs> I do, but too. I didn't want to lie, and I said, "Well,
2: maybe you, you didn't." And lie. you were pissed. The check, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think did Dad I, pick me up? No, we all
4: went. We all went, no. and because I remember when we I wa- I was so stressed out and. F- and f- upset that I upset you, and Grandma. Aww. I was walking her to the front door, and she fell. <laughs> and she was going, oh, "I fell over." And I was like, pissed and sad. I'm like, "Oh God damn it, Grandma!" And I was trying to help her. And like Ashley fell down with her. Like it was just a mess. Wow. I felt, I
2: felt bad after that that reaction because I well, didn't yeah. really try to but be. It open makes with sense, you. right? Yeah. And it just,
4: yeah. Yeah, but that's, I mean, it, uh, so many parents are so protective, but now hearing the stories, like, I get. And on, I was looking back, God, I was so young. 16 is so young.
2: Yes, and then
4: is. And then you, okay, so this is the part that I didn't realize until you reminded me in the cab. Apparently, after, a couple of days later, whatever, I guess I had texted Greg and told him, Greg was the, mm-hmm. my boyfriend at the time, oh, my God, my parents found out we had sex, and they hate me, I'm so upset. And you and dad- sat me and greg down at a diner i cannot believe he said we yes to that he's probably cheated on me anyway at that time i don't i think it was like the time i don't
2: really know yeah, i never clarified it about serious and we weren't yeah. happy with it right and he was he fine what did he say i forget he was very um was probably twiddling not apologetic them. but he was like i understand where he was pretty understanding but yeah then then I found out he cheated on me. <laughs> and then I was ready to kill
4: him. Right. But I remember I found out upstairs at the house. You guys live in now. I remember dad's office was my bedroom because I think DJ was yeah. living with us with his girlfriend. And uh, and I like went outside and I like went down in the middle in, on my knees in the middle of the street in like the middle of the night. And I was just scream crying. And I like,
2: oh, my God, what was going through your head? Were you? Well, I ran out after you and <laughs> sat on the curb with you, but yeah. you were just, again, oh, I you're not out. Wait, what were you freaking out about? Because they found out he cheated on me.
4: Oh, the, the cheating. Sh- okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was for the duration of our relationship. So, most so of. How did you find that out? Um, uh, one of the girls uh, messaged me on uh, AOL Insta Messenger. <laughs> uh, I was digging for it, though. I think someone gave me someone's screen name and I asked her. Because he was away at college and I was in high school. Oh, oh, so oh, oh, oh. I was going to say, I was, say, I was for like to he's older. Okay. Yeah, he was much older. Which you guys never gave me shit for dating older guys. How much older? He was like six, six years no. or five. No, I forget. Five, four was he in his first. I was. He say was in four. his second year of college. Maybe I was my first year of high school. No. Or second not, year of no, high school. no, no. Third. I was. Sixteen. 16. I was sixteen. If you're sixteen, Software. you're a
3: junior. Yeah, oh. you're a junior.
4: Oh, so, so I might have broken up with. Him I at think the end there was three year.
2: or four years, and I wasn't Darren crazy was. Darren was right after that, and I wasn't. And I almost didn't let you go to the college. His college, I didn't like that either. Darren's or Greg's? No, well, they went to the same college.
4: Greg's. <laughs> yeah, remember
2: you went I? Oh yeah. And I said, Yeah, well, I Christina, that's not a good idea. I don't want. Well, nothing will happen, Mom.
4: <sighs> Oops. Sorry. Um, Moms no. Yeah. <laughs> but with Greg, I don't think I tried to get back with him because I remember he was teaching swimming. We both had the same job, summer job at Philadelphia Sports Club with Terry. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And I had to see him. I remember one day he re- left a note on my car and I was like, no, you don't talk to me. Oh, What was, did the note
3: say? I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah.
4: But- Sorry. Like, Ugh. it wasn't even like, I want you back. Cause that's what I was kind of expecting. Right. And it didn't say that. And I was like, God damn it.
3: This was an apology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sorry about that uh, whole gene s- thing. Still don't like you, but just sorry. Well, Cause I
4: remember I got a, a urinary <laughs> no. tract infection and I had to go to the yard ER, and you went with me and I called Greg and I was crying and he was like rushing me off the phone. And I was like so upset by that. That was before I finally cheated on me. Oh. And I like, I think uh, I timed it out after I found I cheated, and he was with somebody that night. And here I was, like laying in the hospital, probably from sex that I got a UTI. Sure, yeah. And they had to give me a catheter because ah. I had my period. And I remember, oh, it was
2: awful. Uh,
4: and all I wanted was him to like comfort that me that day too. Yeah, I was <laughs> pretty,
2: I've been inconsolable a lot. <laughs> you really had a rough. But, but I feel bad, and I'll apologize to you because I would have liked to have been less. Anxious and more supportive of you because. Yeah. But because I was 16. Oh, I really? 15 or 16. Oh, I didn't know that. So, so I really had no right to. It's just yeah, that. But you're protective. I'm protective, but also with all I had gone through. That's all I yeah. could think was that was going to happen to you. I didn't realize it had to so many different occasions. I didn't want it
4: to happen to you. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was never assaulted. So that's good. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's not going it right to can still happen. It. Yeah. It's so common. I'm Even like though, you know. But yeah, no, I was never, I'm one crusty. of the few people I know that's never had a situation like that. Every, every sexual encounter I've ever had has always been consensual. It's never, I've never had like a. Right,
3: right. A moment. Oh, wait, um, didn't the doctor touch your boobs one time? Oh, uh, one time a
4: doctor oh, did touch my. I needed blood you're work. Kidding. This old guy in the upper Sorry. side. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. What's his address? And he gave me um. <laughs> he gave me a, a breast exam, and I was like, I don't think he's supposed to do that because he was just a general doctor. I want. I need to get blood work for a physical or something years ago, and I left, and I was like. I don't think that was supposed to happen. And I Googled it and I was like, God
3: damn it. Just a standard breast exam. (laughs)
4: Yeah. He wasn't supposed to do that, but I didn't, I I wasn't scarred from it. It was, I look back and I'm like, what the fuck? I can't believe... I didn't realize until I left. I, I did a, I did a, used to do a stand-up joke about it. I'm like, have you ever gotten sexually assaulted, but you didn't realize it until the next day?
3: <laughs> you should have gotten I, a discount on that doctor's visit I at least. I know, I know. He should have paid me.
4: <laughs> um, but, but yeah, I, yeah that is the only thing that's ever happened. But it wasn't, it was more like,
3: damn it, I wish I would have realized Doggone that. it. Yeah, exactly, exactly.
4: <laughs> um, but then you, then I had, because dad, boyfriends were always scared of dad but they really should have been more scared of you. Absolutely. Because <laughs> dad never, he looked horrifying. I guess I wouldn't want to date me, but he was never, he never did that. He Certain things when I was a kid, he wouldn't let me do because I was a girl. I remember straight up asking him like, right. DJ was allowed to do this. And is it because
2: I'm a girl? And he would just be like, yep. I'm like, that's not fair. And I remember being so pissed. Oh, he was overprotective of you, but in a quiet yeah. You know, In quiet but, way. But I didn't really give him a chance to like. no, Nope. nope. <laughs> well, I remember he
4: would call Darren Dagwood. I so don't know why you called him that. No, so. that was
3: Dad. I didn't.
4: call oh, Dad did. Well, yes, that was right. a
3: cartoon. Did he look like Dagwood? The cartoon. No, he just started <laughs> calling Dad him that because just it gave him a hard time because, his because name.
4: He didn't his think name. he was motivated enough as a person. Like Darren, when I met Darren, he was he was trying to figure himself it was out. Very nice because he's he's doing yeah, and he's doing so good now. Good. He's doing good. so good. He's been doing really well. I
2: liked him. He, he was. I, a I didn't sweetheart. want to beat him up. There's just two. <laughs> no. To and, your- and Chris, who won't
4: go on the podcast, he he he, he chickened moved, out. Yeah, he chickened <laughs> out. He moved back here, and then I asked him to Chris and Greg. Yeah, and but when so Chris cheated on me, and I was living in Ninety Sixth Street because he lived in the building that I lived. In. We lived in the same yeah, building right upstairs. And then I called you crying. What did I, I don't I don't oh remember. Oh my god, inconsolable <laughs> again. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um, I I I just packed my stuff and got on a train. <laughs> Thanks. And came and the son of a gun lived right upstairs and I heard him coming down the steps and I went to the door because I would have punched him. Yeah. You know that. Yeah. And, and she opens the door crack. And, like, mom, and it's said, nothing. please, 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 mom, don't go out there. Please don't go out there. And I'm like, I'm yeah. doing this for you because I would have yeah. had no problem where dad was more just different. And and I guess it's usually the opposite, but... But dad gave people a hard time in different
4: subtle, odd ways, like um, passive aggressive yes. ways, yes. which sure. was almost a little scarier.
3: I, I don't know.
2: And i
3: don't know know, that's
2: true it is scary
4: from a
3: man especially because passive aggressive is usually a tactic used more by women i would say right by a man calling
2: darren
4: dagwood in a way that's just a little demeaning it's like a little murdery yeah 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 you never
3: know when it's coming yeah
4: but dad was dad's like been deployed a lot but he never fought he wasn't no he was a chief yeah he was a
2: senior chief when he retired um and he didn't like the ships because he got seasick. So he worked on airplanes <laughs> and helicopters. But I thought he you did airplanes on aircraft carriers. I never really They realize. have that, but he oh. didn't do that. He oh. wor- he mainly worked on P3s and helicopters. Okay. And he used to do some rescues like when there were floods and oh, different he did. areas. Good for him.
4: Yeah, because yeah, I, I I think I remember you saying the Navy guys
2: would hit on you a lot. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I hope it's not like that yeah they were rude and crude to be honest yeah, yeah. well that
4: was and, too at a time where i don't i'm sure it, i'm sure it still happens here and there but probably not as much but when the military but because well women it are didn't serving more, all the time but you it can happen. openly be gay which was crazy right, you could right. never be that's oh, nuts no. but you know it's people are being more humane
2: about yeah but they are yeah now, the, the the worst thing and that's why it kind of didn't go to the to the grouping you know to the different activities because I had just had DJ and I'm flat chested but boy when I (laughs) after I had DJ I mean huge like you wouldn't believe and I showed daddy I said Micah I was so proud of myself (laughs) I never had big boobs in my life and I show him he goes oh my god you look deformed (laughs) it was so like oddly big yeah so um after i had him we were sitting playing boncos it's a game a mm-hmm. card game a whole bunch of us all military were there other wives there or are you yeah one, all husbands and wives couples and um he just said uh he goes my he says i can't believe how big your tits still are oh that's rude a uh, husband I, wait what did dad say i, I said that in front think of dad he, yes dad didn't say anything i don't think he i i can't remember exactly I what like but I, we left i said we're going home now yeah you said that we, good yeah we left dad didn't say anything. but things guy? like that i would have punched that guy in the face. it's really thing. funny because back then i found out the the language and everything i mean that was just kind of the way it was and right. i'm sure dad talked like that there but he never he, ever did to me no never. he was he's a very respectful
4: man yeah, because you guys, you guys separated. This is such an interesting story too. They separated mm-hmm. for three years, and he would like send you books of poetry, <laughs>
2: which he didn't write the poems, but he like
3: bought yeah, books of poems. I
2: I always had a love for poetry.
4: Yeah, and I, I remember it's better
3: like, to send poems from like yeah. a, a good poet, you know, yeah, <laughs> like a one who knows what they're doing. <laughs> but
4: I was like, wow, Dad, I didn't realize he had that
2: romantic. But as he gets older, he's I see the softer oh, side he, of him. Oh, but sure, was that always there? It was always there, but it was covered. You know, being in the military, Mm -hmm. I think, makes you a little tougher. Yeah. Um, He was always a good man, but he was more covered. It was covered up. Yeah. And uh, we never stopped loving each other. No, I know. And you guys have such a great relationship because I think what the
4: bonds you guys is laughter. Yeah. You (laughs) laugh at everything. You really. And some of the shit, like the health shit, it's like. I mean you both have breathing you both have oxygen machines cuz you have sleep apnea. Well, you we both, both have, have
2: heart. sleep apnea machines. Yeah. We both have heart monitors in our bed bedroom <laughs> and he has oxygen uh, and I had just refinished all the room and made it all nice atmosphere and got new curtains bed bedspread next thing I know we got all this medical equipment <laughs> in my room and it's like that kind of takes away yeah, from the atmosphere. Yeah, from the chi, And yeah. I lay in bed and there's this loud, yeah, but we just laugh about it because what can you what do? What else can you do? And yeah, that time when you we thought you were dying of cancer, we didn't even know what it was, but it was because the dog gave you a concussion. I bent down, he jumped up, hit my head, it's a pit bull. hit my head so hard and- Christina, I told her
4: to calm down. I'll get her saltine. She went and got me saltine like crackers.
2: I said, "You don't understand. I mean, when I came up, my nose was bleeding. Oh wow! But I felt like I got hit by a truck. Right again. Yeah. So, so um, I didn't think anything of it, and then I felt sick all night. Remember? Right. You're nauseous. But I
4: remember we looked at see if your under your eyes were black and blue, because then that was an indicator you broke
2: your nose, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't. It yeah. just bled. But, but. After that point, I wasn't hungry, I was dizzy, and I didn't even relate it to the dog after a while. And I lost like 25, 30 pounds yeah. back then. I mean, I look like everybody was saying, I'm so worried, what's yeah. wrong? The doctors
4: were literally like, I don't know, cancer. So we were like, Christina, I want you to have my dining room set. <laughs> you can have my China. You and DJ decide who wants the car. <laughs> like, well, like, oh
2: Christ. Well, I did because <laughs> yeah. I, I no felt knew. like I was. And I went to a doctor who was an ENT and I had never been to them before. And he did all these, you know, test test in the in in the office and he said um oh your crystals are off in your ears and i'm like crystals i didn't even know we had crystals in (laughs) our ears and he took my head and shook it like it was a rag doll so hard back and forth it was instant it went away and I gained twenty pounds in a couple months. (laughs) But, like, you didn't
4: die, so that was cool. No, you I got better. it wasn't. That's, yeah. Because oh you were God. hungry again, right? Like,
2: yeah. the, that was nuts. I remember, like, really thinking that was it. And then it came back a little bit, and I went, Uncle Craig was coming into town, so I went back, made an appointment, and I said, I have family coming in for out of town. Can you shake my head again? <laughs> and he, he wouldn't do it because he wouldn't do further tasks because right. I don't know. I think that happens periodically. But yeah, uh, that was a bizarre thing. But uh. Christina thought it was just oh, come on, mom, you're being dramatic. I know, I really thought, but
4: the, when you think she's being dramatic, she's really not. Right. Because <laughs> there's so many things, intense situations have happened and to you. And
2: only dad and I w- 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 were in the living room when it happened. And I said, oh my, all I think I'm saying this, oh my God, it broke my nose, it broke my nose, and broke. And I took my, and daddy's laughing at me, thinking I'm being dramatic. Right. And I take my hand away and it was full of blood. Ooh, and he's like, and oh, you he, no he changed his attitude.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little blood changes attitude. <laughs>
2: yikes and um
4: oh i have so many random questions i want to go over the spelling of my name
2: that was just truly random some chick you knew a couple of times a friend of mine um that you don't talk to anymore <laughs> no i haven't talked to her for years but how long had you known her when she suggested k-r-y-s-t-y-n-a <laughs> three years four years okay ah, that's a good amount um, but it was a boot named, there was a boutique in Newtown, Pennsylvania that oh, okay. was called that. And she had seen it cause I wanted to name you Christina. Yeah. And she said, this is the coolest way to spell it. And I just <laughs> liked it. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I,
4: I ended up being, th- I'm glad that you spelled it that way cause it's so unique. It sticks out. Yeah. It really does. But people, man, in school, the teachers would just get angry cause they well, didn't know how to pronounce it.
2: Grandma. Grandma Carnes was writing a check. She wanted me to go out and get some things for you when you were born and uh-huh. we're sitting in the hospital. She got aggravated. <laughs> you spell it how? And she's trying to write it. And she
4: looked. No grandparent spelled it right ever. They always did. They just always. And I was like, eh, whatever. I don't, don't really not to care. Um, and you were adopted.
2: Yes. At how old? Well, I was in and out of foster homes. I went to my adoptive family I wasn't adopted, but at three and a half, and I was adopted at five. Oh, I didn't. I don't know why I thought in my head you were adopted at two.
3: So, so you You lived with them for a year and a half, and then they decided to adopt you. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. They, They're like, we it, can't well, let this it, one go. Yeah, <laughs> the,
2: it, it's like to. I guess it's like a trial period. They right. want to make sure that the mm-hmm. fit is right. Yeah. yeah, and um, yeah. So and and you are one of how many siblings? four biological four of us all together and you were the only one that got adopted right no two my two sisters one was older one was younger they got adopted together oh and without oh before you at around the same time i guess i don't know and the brother ended up right and uh i forgot the other ones donna donna is she alive i don't think so okay She, she was drugs worse off than me yeah with yeah, she had. But the brother uh, was brought up with the biological father. Because didn't
4: he die of can- mouth cancer? The biolog- your biological dad? Yeah. Okay. And then the bro- the brother ended up going to prison.
2: He for- was in prison for eight years for supposedly involuntary manslaughter. He oh, seemed like the nicest oh, guy. And how we met, we met each other and we went and we sat in the graveyard that's that's how we really spend time just Ooh. talking about everything of your biological my, mothers. Yes, okay. and huh. that's when I found I saw her name was Nancy. Also, she named your mom me after her. Oh, that and rarely happens. Yeah, I know.
4: And she, I remember we there we discovered a picture of her. It was very dark because she had depression. Oh, very badly. And she, because she killed, she committed suicide right at
2: twenty five. Yeah, well, you guys were still all home because the state had threatened to take away you guys well at that they we were in and out of foster homes and then they finally said because she tried to i don't know how it only said on the state paperwork she tried to take the lives of all of us oh, and oh I, wow and i don't know how that but i wish i knew what that was yeah but, but um so after that the state took us and said never again you'll oh. never see him again and two weeks later she Sugar line, yeah, and I remember we
4: because uh, you have a bunch of photos of your biological parents and your biological mother. Like I kind of look like her. You do. And it's so weird. There's this very bleak picture of her as a young woman, black and white. It's it sounds weird, but we have like the same legs. Mm-hmm. Like our, 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 we have a very yeah. similar shape. Yeah, and uh, she there was a clothesline, and it was she um, like walked up, and it was under her neck as if she was, and it, it was yeah. just so it was very dark it was Haunting. spooky yeah same yeah. thing
2: with the when she was holding the brother she had her hand around the neck oh yeah and I remember the way. creepy picture of my the grandmother and her we mom. ripped it up we oh up. in la we ripped it up yeah. and threw it off a mountain that was such a release that,
4: yeah that was, was cool. fun
2: that was cool
3: Um, We went to see a healer. Yes, I figured it was. Man, this is all intertwining now.
2: What's funny about life, strange about life, is my biological father's name was Donald Edward. Oh, weird. And my brother's name was Donald. I think, I don't know if he was a junior or not. Did you know that when you had DJ? No. Oh, you named DJ Donald and you didn't know? Well, grandpa's. Karnes, his name is oh, Donald. Right, right. But I, in a, so I married an Edward, wow. had a son, a Donald. It's just strange. Wow. Yeah, that's so weird. And do you think?
4: Do you? There's so many theories of like kids who are adopted even at a young age. There's the sense of abandonment. Did you ever mm-hmm. feel that? I mean, I grew up wondering because you I, had great parents. I, Grandma and Grandpa Carns were. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. I I had. I just would have liked to know what happened. so I put in my head, this was the thing I I made up in my head. She was only 16 and she couldn't take care of me and I got yeah. adopted. And so I lived with that and it was fine. Okay. That's all I really knew. I mean, I remember some things at three and a half, five years old. Oh, I do really? remember things. I remember being in a foster home and stuff. Damn. Uh, yeah. I thought it was my mom and dad, but I found out it was right foster home and Damn. yeah so they suffered from generations of depression but
0: um, i can't believe i alcohol, don't have yeah.
2: alcohol yeah but, but alcohol played a big yeah. part in and alcoholism it is hereditary yeah but i don't have it i definitely don't and dj does or depression it, so. i'm super happy yeah, yeah. yeah. and That's... i don't have it
4: because depression
2: no, oh, no. Um, i was like
4: um no. <laughs> i have that one <laughs> well yeah. alcoholism you don't have right no. No. so speaking of depression. You've had, you know, there was a moment I remember after Robin Williams died, he killed himself and you, you had contacted me cause you were in a dark, you weren't, you were going through like a bad phase and you told me like you, you understood why. And I, and I always, and that make that I'm, that makes total sense to me cause I've seen your depression. I've seen what it does, what place it puts you in. And, and I've, I've said before, I don't believe that suicide is selfish it's a weird thing because like with Robin, because cause you've basically, because you've told me that, because you've said like the feeling that you feel when you're in your darkest depths is not, is a prison. It's just the way you described it to me sounds fucking awful. And so uh, that made me understand. Okay. You feel
2: like you're in a big bubble separated from the whole world. And nobody really, hear, and you don't, it's, it's, you really feel like you're physically in a bubble, thick yeah. bubble, and you're just not in the world, you're right. just Kind of sitting there. And um, mm. what was his name? Williams. That's bad news for me. Well, Robin Williams. Robin Williams really struck me because I don't believe in suicide. Obviously, I I, I didn't do it. Right. Thought about it a lot. Right, and, and had then medications issues, too. But it was well, medications. But I felt his pain because in his case he was depressed all his life and i'm not sure if he was bipolar but then he got diagnosed with parkinson's which he didn't
4: disclose right or anything right
2: and Uh and he was starting to lose his ability and he was just such an awesome awesome actor and person Uh, from what i could see he just seemed like a really good person and and i think People who go through depression and have a lot on their plate with their health and stuff gives us empathy. And I think it makes us kinder as people. Yeah. Um, and I felt that about him. So when I found out as much as my heart hurt and I miss him and yeah. seeing him, he he suffered enough. Right. And I think he knew what he could handle and where to draw his, the line. Now, I'm not advocating early you know, to ever do that. Yeah. Um, but because, like if your belief is if you, because we talked when the, when the dementia conversation happened right. about,
4: you don't want to ever be at a place where you're dependent on somebody to go to the bathroom to, you can't barely talk. You don't know who anybody is. And that to me is, that makes sense. And I think every person, every human deserves the, the, the option of Yeah, because
2: we have more, we give our animals more dignity. Um, when right when their dogs to are euthanized, yeah, yeah, human beings, and you know, a lot of things involve money. Everybody makes money down the line on right. a carcass. You could be a carcass and just be empty, but it costs, you know, seventy five hundred thousand dollars a year to care for you, right? And the care is not that great, and it, it's, it's a burden. Like, what's the point? It's a burden on the family, and um, yeah, because grandma and grandpa, I
4: remember, yeah, I mean, grandpa, poor I guy, hung put, in there longer than I think he wanted to. He wasn't having fun. He was in pain. He was, I mean, and it's like you should give every human being the option before you get to that state to make a decision. They're
2: working on that compassion with dying. I can't remember. Dying with Dignity is one of the And Dying with Dignity is one. And um, they're trying to get legislation. I think it's in about three states. And it just makes so much sense to me. And a lot of people actually, because I've been very open about this with with you and our yeah, family thank, and i and, really appreciate and it. my really tr- true close friends and there, i only had one friend object and not be happy with it she's very very religious so i kind of uh, understood where she was sense. coming from but at the same time I choice i sent her that piece that i said oh sent that you.
4: Blog post. it's
2: called uh, did that woman have to mention. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, Ooh, talk about a heavy read. But it was beautiful. so beautifully written. And she said, by the time I by, get by, something- Dead by yeah, noon. Yeah, I'm going to be, I, I mm-hmm. will have passed already by the time you read this and mm-hmm. whatever. And just going through why she wanted to do it. Or just, and the thing that was jarring to me was she seemed very with it. Right. So I'm like, I called my mom and I was like, Ma, she seemed like she was doing,
2: she was mentally there. Can you, can you- Well, I you what to. happens is- I think the last thing to go like you you start not to be able to verbalize with people that kind of goes and but to be able to write it down on paper what's in your mind is an easier task mm-hmm. that you can still hang on to that, yeah, but each day it gets to a point where each day it just goes faster and you you just can't function in normal and you know it yeah and and you don't know what the progress is and you go no, I don't want. Why would I want to cause the state cause that my family have my family go yeah. through that?
4: And cause I, yeah. Cause I
2: remember what we saw with grandpa and it was just his, he suffered oh, I think so that, bad. That, I think that really convinced me that yeah. I didn't want to go there though. I probably would have felt that way anyway, but yeah. I saw the worst of it you did mm-hmm. and um, I'm okay with that. I, I think every human being has the right and, to control that, yeah. Now, it, if you're terminal or it's something that's going to,
4: yeah, deplete you yeah. eventually. So you, I think if it's if it's just if a, it's depression or something, I don't like, know. I mean, there's uh,
2: that that's something that could go away, could be better, could, could go improve. away, could be medicine, could be. Uh, I think the important thing with people who have depression is to have support. See, that's what got me through it. Because dad was a good husband of a depressed
4: person. He he is such a rock. Yes, he is.
3: What is your advice to someone who is in a relationship with a depressed person but is not themselves depressed? Like, what are the things that helped you? That's a tough, I think it was almost tougher for
2: daddy. Right, because he had to see you suffer and. And, and he but had he never, to take up the slack. And I everything. thought he was
4: holding the weight of the world on his shoulders and he was going to explode one day, but he really doesn't. That's not how he. He doesn't bottle stuff
2: up. No, he's He just doctors. truly just deals with it stoically. The, 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 as far as the question you ask, Corinne, um, I think that is a very hard place to be. And some people can handle it. And some people. You know, I've often said. If it was the other way around, I don't know that I could have done what Daddy did, right? You know, because I don't know I, 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 you want to fly through life, you have your goals, you want to go a certain, you know, distance and a, a certain speed, mm-hmm. and you know, it, I couldn't keep up with them, and he slowed down for me. But not everybody is willing to do that, but and it's the,
4: okay if they're not. Yeah, the, but when they are,
2: whew, oh, I don't think, in the rough. I now. don't think a lot of people other than your dad could have been married to me. That was rough. Yeah. You know, Endless. yeah, I, I picked the right one. <laughs> yeah.
4: But it's okay though. If, if, you know, cause I, I remember I went on a date with a guy and he told me that he was bipolar on the first date and I was like, okay, thank you for telling me. Nice yeah. to meet you.
2: And, uh, I Which was, yeah, I was nice. upset when you told me that though. I know because I, cause I, I think of all people I can it's handle. A, it's but a then hard a, Most
4: people in my life have depression. Right. <laughs> Steven's right. a downer not clinical i i don't think he has clinical depression he has depression of some sort like but it's right. so interesting because that's what i can handle that's to me is not i don't know why i said it with that guy right away i think there were a couple other things that i was weary about he but but that was one of the things that i was like i don't know but a lot of people in my life are depressed like or more geared towards the press certainly not well, optimistic you know, it's, it's, comedians it's, yeah. Yeah. yeah right yeah, yeah. and it's, i love that though well, I love that. that's
2: what got me through life was humor and right it still does you and know? i wonder if that's why
4: i became a comedian because i remember when i was a kid i would always be like mom i clean the house and you're like oh thank you and i'd live for that i'd be like yes yeah but i, I did know. i always liked cleaning it was very
2: weird and i always liked entertaining well, I think I want to get back to Corinne's question because mm-hmm. I feel like I didn't answer it. Oh yeah. But a person who has to ha, is with somebody who's depressed and they're not depressed. If they're the type of person that can handle it, and th- then you really just have to give them space and kind of you're kind of like a puppet in in a way because you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. Right. If you're the kind of person that can deal with that. Also get them support, support, support. I was uh, surrounded by love. I was loved no matter what. I remember asking daddy, I said, how can you still love me? Like, why are you? And his answer to me at the time was because you do everything you can to get better. Yeah. Aww. And I'll never forget those words. Yeah. Um. Well, you really, you are
4: someone who... No matter what health obstacles, But obstacle. that was
2: for you and DJ main, yeah. mainly. Uh, all I wanted to do was be a good mom. Yeah. and you I are. always wanted kids and I was so angry that I had to be blunted like that from yeah. what I wanted to do with my family. But he hung in there. He went to doctor's appointments. I went through the med- medical medicine route yeah. with, with all the medicines. And for me personally that um, really put me over the edge. They made me worse. And it just put me into, and I, the, the doctors, that's, a, that's an example of the doctors looking at you like you have 10 heads as if I was the only one in the world. And the fact is that out of all the depressed people, 50% of, only fifty percent of people actually have a positive reaction to medication where it works. I thought it was like one percent, and it's me, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, because they made you so. Feel it's nut. not. It's.
4: I not. remember when I went. Remember when I um, went to my gynecologist and I told her that uh, birth control made me moody, and she looked at me like I was nuts. And you're like, "Yep, that's what they do." Some a lot of times, doctors will look at you like you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And you're, you've you been right about so many things about your body and it's just been overlooked because they're like, no,
2: you don't know. And unfortunately That's... it wasn't until I got older and lived it all that I said, this is BS. I, yeah. I mean, really? And and it was when, to be honest with you, for me personally, medication, remember helps 50%. It right. doesn't help 50%. So it's not something I'd rule out for, mm-hmm. for certain people. But um, when I went off at all, it all was the best part of my life. Mm. That was. Then it became I was able to handle it once I went off all the medicines were just messing with with me.
3: Yeah. So, what things did you use when you went off the medication to handle the depression?
2: Well, around that time, they also found I had epilepsy, mm-hmm. and so I did. I did go on um, an epileptic anti epilepsy medicine mm-hmm. and um i don't know i was at a peace i had gone through so much stuff and i had the kids they were my incentive to make it the best i possibly could mm-hmm. the worst part was that three four years in virginia and um yeah because you ended up in a hospital right Virginia. Yeah, and i didn't For really you didn't tell me days. that until
4: a long oh. like a psychiatric hospital yeah and you mm-hmm. yeah because i remember when you told me <clears throat> when i was older and you described it did not seem like an environment like a, oh, that would
2: that no. environment
4: seemed like enough to put me in a psych ward like oh it yeah horrible
2: because well my situation i always seem to feel like and even in that atmosphere it's like here over here were people who had drug addictions. And you all get together in groups. Here over here was alcohol. Over here was, you know, um, incest and people Ooh. who had family. Ooh. And then here was me. And I didn't have any of those things. You were the only person in the psych ward with depression? No, no. With they I had depression, but oh. it was due to all these different things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Where me, I just had it. Right. And, and I'd sit there and and. and They had this session where people were beating up their pillows to try to get there. It was, you know, like an exercise. Yeah. And I just sat there because they had stuff to be mad about. Right. I I only had. I said, no, I have a wonderful husband, (laughs) wonderful (laughs)
6: kids. I have Uh, a dog
2: at home. A great house. We built a new house. Yeah. I said, and uh, I said, I don't know why I'm like this no I don't take drugs and I don't I'm not an alcohol like right and I'm not in a bad abuse so much marriage. more taboo depression
4: well
3: it's scarier then. to be sad and not know why you're sad like if there's a reason I feel like sometimes I feel that too I'm like why I'm like why am I sad right now exactly like there's all these great things going on it's it's puzzling. And I feel like only until maybe the past like 20 years has clinical depression even been talked about like being sad just cuz you're sad cuz that's the way your brain is functioning. Right.
2: Well, when you're sad for a reason, mm-hmm. any reason, a grieving any a death or anything, mm-hmm. that is depression. But that's something when it's tangible and you can you can take that and say, "Okay, I can work on this. What's the healthiest way for me to deal with this?" Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what it is. It, it, if you're, if there's a reason you're depressed, you can make it better. When you're just depressed and there's, there's nothing to grab onto to say, yeah. "Oh, I can fix this. I all I got to do is this, or all I got to do is exercise, or all I got to do is talk to this person." Or, Whatever yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it is like, harder, Corinne. Yeah,
4: then that's got to be. Because you, feel you, like you sit there and
2: go, I know I'm not supposed to be that. what, and you want to do, and you just can't.
4: Yeah, and that probably help, keeps you in the depression almost because it's like, that's got to be frustrating. Ay, yeah,
2: ay, ay. And, and I, I just, I think people with depression, I personally all my health things i have gone through and continue to go through since i was very young i take any of that tenfold over depression yeah i can handle that depression is the cruelest thing yeah i think that it's done to human being because you know you can walk you can talk you can but you have all your body is all working but you your brain isn't your brain isn't and if your you. brain isn't and I I sat many uh, you know I'll sit in my living room and look outside the window and there's people and kids and dogs walking by and people laughing in cars and friends going to the movies and do and I'm just sitting there and I'm going watching the world go by yeah and I d- can't get myself involved with it. So surround yourself with love, all all, all, uh, people who love you. And um, there are good doctors out there and maybe medication is good for some people. Um, If it's not, and you have a bet, there's other options. Yes. And we have to end
4: soon, but I want to talk about this. Yes, because before we wrap, because we're going to do a bonus episode in a little bit where we're going to read emails about from people about depression, and you can give advice. Okay, because Corinne and I don't have clinical depression, so uh, you are better fit. But this is amazing because I, I I was telling you earlier a couple weeks ago I talked to you and you just sounded sad in a way that I've never heard you be sad, and I've, I've seen you be pretty sad, and it just and then you were talking about this machine g I'm that a doctor recommended a doctor wrote me a script for you sound like yourself like i remember i talked to you on the phone a couple days ago and i'm like oh my god you sound like you this is amazing and so this thing seems to be working
2: for your depression It it, it thus far in a short period of time i've only been on it probably 10 days that's oh, so so what for depression or yeah dementia? okay no this is can I say the name?
3: Oh, you can say it. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> um, this is called the Fisher Wallace stimulator. And it's very simple. It's about the size of a, like a, a uh, TV remote or something. Mm-hmm. And it has two electrodes on it and you just wet them and put them on your temples. You do it 20 minutes a day, 20 minutes, two times a day. Mm-hmm. And I, after all I've disgust that i've been through i don't have a You're whole like, lot of anything give me but, anything but i'm not very it's not like i'm a, i have no expectations because mm. so many things didn't work yeah so so it's not a placebo effect i can tell you that because i you I didn't figured, have any yeah no i had no expectations so about day for me it's different for everybody but about day six i don't i found myself laughing my butt off like i used to do yeah and um Daddy brought it to my attention, like, and I've been really good for about four days, three yeah. or four days, and um, it's a simple thing. And what it is for, not just depression, it's for depression, anxiety, and also insomnia, and um, it's for have. people who can't tolerate medications. For, that's my case, is they're trying not to put me on medications, so they want to see if this works Uh, People who are on medications and who have the bad side effects, they can do this in conjunction with their medicine, and a lot of people have cut down on their medicine or gone off it completely. It just depends on, you know, the individual but it is six hundred dollars. Oh, but, is your insurance card or no? Well, uh, they might re. Reimb- it just depends oh. on what they. I might get reimbursed for it, but let me tell you, it was worth every penny. Yeah, and, and you, you have, have to get it, it prescribed to you. Yeah, okay. doctor has to order it. And for it's you. the what's it called again? The Fisherman wa-
3: Fisher Fi- Wallace. Fisher
2: Wallace stimulator. And you can look up. So cool. Um, you can Google reviews on the Fisher Wash and it comes up. And there's just pages and pages is, of people, and it's non-invasive. And you were no, saying no with, side effects with you specifically.
4: You're insomnia because you've had insomnia for uh, as long as I can. You've never sleep.
2: No, I didn't. And I that's had part that of, when I was in high school.
4: Yeah, and you have restless leg. I think I might. I think I have restless leg because I have trouble sleeping. But. um but you said your, your insomnia is getting a little worse, but that the doctor said it's okay. It's probably going to get, the insomnia part might get worse for you before it gets better. Right. But that doesn't mean it can't get better. But the, I mean, you're, you seem like yourself. And well, it's like so
2: I, cool. I was before I had that breakthrough and like you said, I was totally different. I felt no empathy for, it. I yeah. just felt like I was flat. And I didn't, couldn't feel anything. So I told my doctor. I said, "But the only problem is, is now I'm super sensitive. Like when (laughs) Jeff, your uncle Jeff, left, and I never cried." you cry when he left uh, yes I hugged him and I like, was like are you I was okay just, I was just bald and he was so sweet he said he's so well. Sweet. I'll see you at the beach in the yeah, summer yeah. but I'm like I never cry like that
3: <laughs> and so I
2: told the, the doctor I said I'm little she said I'd rather have that you're feeling the emotion yeah and really what started it was I was so happy to be happy yeah that I cried. Yeah, <laughs> tears of joy. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah,
3: because you hadn't
4: been your you hadn't been yourself for a while, and it it had been so consistent that I'm like, this isn't just a a, a depression phase. Yeah, but it's like another another thing with partners dealing with someone with depression when you don't. Like I know one thing that me dad and DJ have always just been understanding of is just giving you space when you're in the mood and you want to go in your room okay just go in your room like you don't have to explain it to
2: us yeah and that, i think that, that's that would be something i would recommend to somebody yeah. who wants it's to not be about you person.
4: like don't think it's about you it's just give the person the space that they need i think is an important you, you exactly
2: that, and not everybody does that because they try to think you know and i've even had close friends not close close friends but Friends I've known for years and it's like, you know, pull your big panties, big, big girl, girl panties on and just brush it off and make yourself go do this and make. But it's like, don't it's, fuck you. No. Exactly. You can't. <laughs> yeah.
4: Well, thank you for being on the podcast, mom. I never thought this day would come. No. <laughs> I, historical. I know. I it's didn't, historical. I didn't either, but I enjoyed it. And, and, right. and thank you for making me the confident, wonderful, creative uh, person I am because I really attribute you and dad I feel like I used to tell you all, all, for a very long time when I was a kid that I wanted to be a heart surgeon slash scientist I, was, I was like ex- four or five yeah. and you were well, like yeah. and then I was like no I want to be an actress and, well, and you were like <laughs> uh...
2: <laughs> but you still supported me I did I went to all your plays all the plays mm-hmm. you, you bought know. me a
4: page in the yearbook with the in the senior year <laughs> I'll never forget you wrote me a poem okay. very sweet Yeah, but thank
2: you for believing in me. We're very proud of you and everything you do because everything you do with heart and you work hard.
3: Thanks. Thank you for making me the lovely woman I am today. You're God. All right. uh, Thank you so much for joining us. And this is I'm going to turn away as I say (laughs) it. Uh, Guys, we fucked the (laughs) anti-slut chewing podcast. We will talk to you next week. (laughs) we company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapists. For a special offer, visit talkspace.com/gwf. Again, that's talkspace.com/gwf.
5: This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule, it's flexible. Simple to use and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.
6: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico,
1: Zumo Play.